0: Who's wrong and who's wronger? In this corner, followed by millions, James the Exploding Unicorn, Breakwell. And in that corner, ignored by millions, Steve Dash, Rico Welcome back to an outdoor edition of Wrong and Wronger. I am Steve Outdoorsy as Levis, and he is James. His skin has not been touched or kissed by the sweet lips of the sun, Breakwell. And James, man, how is your day going so far? Because it seems like it ground to a halt
1: very recently. You know, the highlight of my day is when you call me <laughs> indicating you're ready to make this episode... <laughs> And then I hear 60 straight seconds of fumbling and swearing as you try to do whatever it was you're doing on your end of the phone. I don't want to know. It kind of sounded like the kind of thing that should be behind like a locked bedroom door. But whatever it was, I hope that it's over and now we can move forward. Ah, James, I just try to bring the best version of me possible each week to the show. I mean, the best version of you, like that bar is so low, it's like the worst version of anyone else. <laughs> Well, it feels like we owe something
0: to the fan because we weren't here last week for reasons that I can't
1: remember whose fault they are, but I'm fairly certain they were yours. I, I love it because I will, again, since I'm the only one who can take initiative in this broken relationship, I contact you <laughs> and I'm like, all right, let's do this. You're like, yeah, I'll get back to you. And then you're like, oh, today's no good. We're going to do it tomorrow. It's like, all right, let me know what time. And then I just never hear oh. from you again. Did you just forget? Oh, was... Did you just is that all that happened? Was there no conflict? It just it just got off your books <laughs> and you moved on with your life? What the heck did I do
0: last week? I can't even remember. We were leaving town on Thursday to go up north to visit our son. And so my week got compressed backwards into Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, and I can't remember what was going on, but I'm fairly certain it was something far more important, far more entertaining, and far less soul-depleting than doing
1: this show with James Breakwell. Once again, you have set the bar at the absolute minimum, but I accept your terms. (laughs)
0: Well, I know you're a busy guy, James. You're here, you're there, you're everywhere, you're writing, you're recording, you're parenting, you're doing everything for everyone, and I just wanted you to have a chance to kick up your feet,
1: maybe get a mani-pedi and relax. Speaking of uh, parenting, you know, we did the Halloween thing last night, and that made me remember, because we had to drive because there was a threat of rain, and because we drove, we covered an immense amount of ground, set a new candy record and all that. That's all going to be in the newsletter on Thursday. But I I don't want to spoil it here. I don't want to waste all my good content, you know, on a single listener or on you, but I do have a question Uh, because as I was waiting in the car, as my children ran about in the dark, I saw you post something, a very, you know, I guess I was gonna say a horrible picture of you, but it was just a normal picture of you. I mean, all your pictures are bad, but you, you posted a side-by-side with some random sketch of somebody and you said, it's worth Googling. And I didn't Google it. I I refused to Google it. But now that I'm here, I want to know who was that uh, similarly ugly fellow? He is one of the most,
0: at least self-proclaimed, prolific serial killers in American history. But... There is some question as to whether or not his claims are accurate, because he claimed to have killed somewhere between 300 and 600 people. And the most prolific serial killers in the world are only in like the mid-60s. So did he have a 500% to 1,000% increase in number of kills, or was he just full of breakwell? which, by the way, has taken the place of that other word that we can't use on this show,
1: because it's family-friendly. I love how your issue with the serial killer is a matter of statistics and not morality. (laughs) Well, the only one I believe that he is confirmed to have killed
0: is his own mother. And so, I I don't know. (laughs) Whether or not he is actually as much of a monster as, like... uh, uh the chessboard killer from russia i think is the top serial killer in history and uh I think so. Where,
1: where are you looking oh, no, at these wait. rankings? What are you doing with your free time? Is this is this why we can't record the podcast? You're out here on fan <laughs> sites for serial killers? <sighs>
0: All I know is this. Andre Chikatilo was like 52 or 54. The chessboard killer wanted to hit 64 but only had 62 confirmed. And I think there was one other that was higher than the chessboard and I can't remember who it was. Or maybe that was Andre Chikatilo. I don't even know anymore, James.
1: The whole thing has gone blurry to me. Yeah, I, I don't get the whole oh. fascination with serial killers. I just it, the, the whole subject depresses me. Like I love history, but I like, you know, I like World War II. I like the wars where the good guys win through guile and bravery and all of that. Serial killers, it's just it's just a bad person doing bad things until they eventually catch them and then they have a bad ending. So whether you're rooting for the victims or whether you're rooting for the serial killer, you're going to be disappointed in both cases.
0: Well, you know, not every serial killer has been captured. Jack the Ripper being the most famous or infamous of those examples. There was also one in Arizona called the Bone Collector
1: who was never captured either. There have been a few of those throughout history that have beguiled the police. You know, those are going away, though, now that they've done that uh, family DNA testing where they can just kind of spread a wide net for people who have... Sacrificed their personal information and biological material to those uh, <laughs> you know, genealogy websites. The Golden State Killer is the one that came to mind. They wrote a book about like a theory of who he was, and like, well, they were writing the book. The case got more attention. Like, ah, I guess we'll plug this into Ancestry.com, and they they found him. So I think uh, I think the days when you I mean can you imagine killing that many people and not leaving any DNA behind like at some point there's going to be some DNA and you're going to get plugged into a family tree and you're like oh that was my uncle he killed a bunch of people and it's going to be game over. <laughs> that could be was that your phone that just binged or was that my it phone? It was your phone. Nobody contacts me. The only person who calls me is you, and I am both <laughs> disappointed and relieved <laughs> oh every my time God. it happens. <laughs>
0: Well, enough about me. I will summarize our trick-or-treat evening with one sentence, and that is, I locked the gate. And that's all that you need to know about how much effort went into the Oliva's trick-or-treat experience.
1: Now, when you say you locked the gate, did you lock the gate after pushing the automatic button, or did you lock it with manual labor like a peon? No, it's
0: like we're back just coming off the Mayflower and trying to keep ourselves safe from all of the marauders that I had to get out of the car, walk down, pull the gate shut, wrap the chain around it twice, and then put the padlock on. It's like I'm some kind of caveman, James. So have
1: we finally accepted supernatural failure in the case of the gate opener, the one that the expert had not seen anything like in like 60 years Well, I told you that he tore that one off and took it with him, gave us a full refund,
0: and I'm sure he's hugging his knees, crying, rocking back and forth in a corner still to this day. I don't mind necessarily padlocking the gate. It, frankly, gives me a little greater of a sense of security than when we just had the opener sort of holding the gate shut. Uh, because, too, when the gate is closed with the opener, it has to be open, just a little bit of a gap. Because if the opener slams the gate completely closed, it screws up the mechanism somehow. I don't understand it myself. So I like the fact that the gate is shut, shut. It is dead bolted, so to speak. And it's got a big, thick, do-not-mess-with-it chain that sends a very strong message to everybody driving by. However, to answer your question directly, yes... I have accepted that the gate will not work on Rattlesnake Mm -hmm. Ranch. Mrs. Steve is another story, and uh, she and I just measured the gate recently, and she asked me what I estimated the gate weighs because I believe she is looking into buying and installing herself the next version of Rattlesnake Mm -hmm. Ranch gate
1: opener. So when you went through all the trouble of heaving out a heavy chain and locking this gate closed, were you afraid that your many, many enemies would come play a trick on you? Or were you just that terrified of trick-or-treaters that someone in the middle of nowhere might have driven their child to this deserted country road and up your half-mile driveway to get the single piece of candy that you and your stingy ways would have parted with?
0: Well, I tweeted a picture of Mrs. Steve purchasing two boxes of peanut butter little debbie oatmeal cookie pies for herself. I was planning if there was a knock on the door because we don 't have a doorbell on the cabin that does going to give out like canned vegetables <laughs> like uh, cans of jolly green giant squash and cream corn because what what else are we going to do here? I want to reward a child with a natural and healthy snack after traversing all the way from the
1: highway up to our cabin. I have a feeling that you could leave your gate wide open at all times and no one would ever come visit you. Like originally they were curious. There's, oh, there's life and activity at the ranch. And then they saw that it was you. And I mean, I mean, who's going to want to be part of that? You, the guy, you can't hit anything with a gun from any range. You've got everything you touch being (gasps) cursed and broken. How dare you? How how dare I accurately repeat back to you your own stories that you tweet in front of huge audiences?
0: I have turned over a new leaf brake. Well,
1: are you a pacifist? And uh, first of all,
0: I don't know if I mentioned last week that the truck died and just cost $900 to get it fixed. I just got it back today. But last week, I decided because I was bored on Tuesday, it had to have been. It was my last day off, so it's a week ago. That uh, I set up, see if I can, ah, I can't reach the phone to spin it around to show you. I set up targets at 125 yards. And uh, I sat up here, right behind me, in fact, I set up a TV tray that I was able to kind of lay across with my rifles, and I shot out. It took 27 shots to hit five targets, but (laughs) I actually hit all five targets. I hit them from 125 yards. I am a lean, mean, killing machine, breaker. In
1: what scenario is an animal going to be dumb enough to stand still so you can fire 27 shots?
0: Somebody pointed out that was only an 18.5% hit rate, but that's to a four and a half inch target. Now, if you're shooting at deers, uh, turkeys, it depends on where you aim. And I was using ammo big enough that would make the turkey explode. But for deers, I would imagine the hit zone is a little bit wider. You have a little more forgiveness when it comes to what you can hit. And I don't know if I missed the targets by a yard or by a millimeter. All I know is I didn't hit them 22 times, but five times, pow,
1: spot on, dead center, Orange explosion, game over, man. So what you're telling me is if I am standing downrange from you and I go and stand behind the target, there is an 82% chance I will be perfectly safe. And in fact, that is probably the spot I should be standing in.
0: Breakwell, if you can fit yourself behind a four and a half inch target, then more power to you and the answer is absolutely yes. I will
1: put my beautiful face directly behind that so I know it is the one thing you will not hit.
0: Boy, with that kind of inspiration, I don't know, I'll figure out how to turn a hunting rifle into like a fully automatic rifle. Just take it right out.
1: Yeah, I just, uh, it's a wonder that nobody wants to trick or treat at your house. You're out there wildly shooting at nothing, <laughs> scaring away all the animals, locking your gate. I mean, it's, God. man, you're just the, the creepy manor on the hill where everything is cursed and no animals want to live Where the only only wildlife you encounter is rattlesnakes. It just It's a bad place populated by bad people
0: yesterday mrs steve reported we just bought a trailer and there was an armadillo laying on his side sunning himself on the trailer like that's what kind of respect we get from the wildlife around here and yesterday so that the feeder ran out of corn The turkey gang, the Turquino crime syndicate, usually comes along and like lifts up their heads and eats the corn right off the spinner because they figured out they can Mm -hmm. bat it with their beak and keep the thing spinning. Well, because it ran out, there was a gang of turkeys like flying up in the air and hitting the feeder with their feet. Like they were trying to (laughs) knock it over and just take out whatever corn was left. And thank God Mrs. Steve intervened, or they might have stolen a tow rope, gotten that thing down into the woods, and then God knows what would have happened to it. But after we record here, I have to go up and refill the feeder before the turkeys come and attack us on our
1: porch. How did she scare off the turkeys? Did she just, like, run out there with a broom? Des- Describe the scene to me. The, uh, the scene on our porch or the scene at the feeder? The scene where she went out and intervened to chase off this flock of turkeys. If the turkeys even see us,
0: they start walking away quickly. And they don't fly because they're lazy and apparently they have drivers that pick them up and take them wherever they want to go like the bosses that they are. But if they see us, they'll kind of lurch forward and walk with purpose down the hill and back into the woods. So if we want to watch them and keep watching them, we'll stay in the house and look through the window. If we want them to skedaddle, we just step out onto the porch and then they kind of scatter. They never go. The deers will scatter like seven sheets to the wind. The Turquino crime syndicate walks in perfect formation, right down the hill and back into the woods—it's a whole thing, James. It's an education to be out here full time. Well,
1: again, they—they they know they have nothing to fear if they're directly in front of you, because that's the one place you can't hit. <laughs> let me backtrack for a moment yeah. to the trailer. So, have you finally accepted yeah. that you have to haul things to the repair shop enough that a trailer was necessary? Yeah.
0: Yeah, and uh, we had to take the trailer to the repair shop, and that cost 500 <laughs>
1: bucks to get fixed. But The trailer? The trailer meant to haul the other things getting fixed itself had to get fixed. How did you break a trailer?
0: Yeah. Uh, We bought it broken because I think we went through this a few weeks ago. I can't remember which one of these episodes make it to actually air and which ones die on your laptop. But we bought the trailer at auction, and everything you buy at auction is a little bit broken, which is why you get a good deal on it. So we bought the trailer, and one of the axles had to be replaced.
1: Uh, Yeah, I definitely have never heard that story before, and for good reason, because it was terrible and boring. But thank you for trying. (laughs) Well, what have you got this week? See, the
0: problem lately with Breakwell is that he has two... Uh, newsletters every week and so he doesn't want to burn good content on this show because apparently judy p is such a super fan she will watch this she will listen to this and she'll read all of
1: breakwell's columns or newsletters it's quite a commitment that she makes to the breakwell cause i actually don't have any confirmation that she reads the newsletters she might only listen to this podcast and occasionally read tweets yeah it's. I I don't know. Maybe she doesn't like me in long form. I I don't have any proof one way or another. Uh, But what I do have is uh, an excellent experience from going out this weekend. Did you see me in my Halloween costume?
0: I did not because I don't get the photographs on my phone for some reason. (laughs) I have to go to the computer to get those to work.
1: So what do you think I dressed up as? Uh,
0: Some kind of... Uh, fantasy character either from like a video game or harry potter or star trek or star wars or whatever you er uber nerds tend to dress as definitely not a superhero because that would be more in my
1: wheelhouse and more what normal adult males would dress so you you just lied to me you said you didn't know what i dressed as because you don't get pictures (laughs) on your phone but you didn't even read the article the text clearly described what i was wearing in great detail and uh, Ah, the article, in fairness, just came today, I believe, because I saw it this morning and I did not commit any of my morning to it because I have real things to well, do. Well, it is a shame because you would have enjoyed this one because I was in a very elegant dress with a wig and a tiara Ooh. and a sash, and I was, dare oh. say, the best-looking woman on this block, perhaps in this town. I, I don't know. I did not submit to a actual beauty pageant. I just... Assumed I was the prettiest and based on the people honking at me as I walked down the street, I can only assume Mm. they agreed. Mm. You're aware you have a beard, right? Yeah, yeah. I didn't shave off the beard. I didn't put on makeup. Didn't shave the legs. Didn't put in a lot of effort, but I did put on the dress and I pulled that thing off, man. I, I, I look pretty good in a dress. What what kind of dress was it? Like a
0: wedding dress, a uh, uh, like a an, a ball gown for a gala? Was it like
1: a summery cotton dress? What did you if have? only there was some technology where you could see pictures of this exactly as it is. But it was a gray dress. It was <laughs> it is probably a I don't know if it's a bridesmaid dress or just a dress a guest would wear at two way wedding. But it was roughly that tier of fanciness. Oh.
0: Now, I think you have seen, uh, for several years, there have been pictures of me in a wedding dress circulating from a party my wife and I went to, God, 20, 25 years ago. And I, too, with my goatee at the time, was rather fetching. So I share in your enthusiasm for uh, dressing like the fairer, yet far more attractive sex.
1: How did you fit in a wedding dress? Like, I, f- this one, I fit in it because I just didn't zip up the back. So my, my broader upper body was fine and my lower body was br- apparently a women's size 10, roughly. So I was okay there. And there was just a neck strap that held it up. But I've got to imagine a wedding dress is a little snugger. You can't just, like, leave that dangling off. And given how long ago that was I mean you're talking probably the 80s and you probably had lace everywhere and big poofy shoulders I just imagine (laughs) it was probably a much bigger production to get inside of that
0: Frank, well, I'm going to say something that I don't know two men should
1: ever have a conversation about, <laughs> but you fit into a size 10? Yeah, I well, again, I think women's sizes are just made up though. Like a size 10 one place isn't a size 10 <laughs> other place. It's just they just put random numbers down. I mean, like that's half of all female comedy is is grousing about, you know, trying on clothes. And so I've tried on exactly one women's garment in my life and it said it was a size 10. And maybe that was just to make some lady feel better because he's actually a size 25. Uh, I don't know, but the size said 10, and it fit me pretty well around uh, the waist. Not so much around the shoulders.
0: Yeah. No, mine was a fit right off the rack at Salvation Army. And it was a size 18, now back then i was running marathons and lifting weights four days a week so i was pretty slender with a big upper body like you're talking about and it actually fit i i don't know what cup size comes with a size 18 but it zipped up years later i wore it at a halloween party like you i couldn't zip the back so i just left the back open but when i first got it i was in shape enough that i did zip the back and it was it was perfect. Like, it really was a fit right off the rack. But it was an 18. And you're a lot taller than me. I can't imagine you're that much less broad than me that a 10 and an 18, if they're equivalent size, that you would fit perfectly into a 10. I do wonder if there's been a little bit of
1: magic that's happened in terms of numbering
0: women's sizes. I mean,
1: the thing that impressed me more is, like, how tall was this woman that owned the dress originally? I mean, for the fact that it went, I guess it I, she was probably a little bit shorter than me. I think it came down to approximately my ankles, or a little bit higher. So I mean, my shoes were fully visible. But even assuming she were like two inches short, I mean, that's still a, a six foot yep. woman. I mean, this is the this is the lady who was uh, probably guest starring on American Gladiators. I have to imagine. I would like to meet her. She <laughs> had to be a very impressive specimen. And I bet you she made that dress. Well, look and a lot she better had to have worn heels, right? Oh, that's well. Maybe that's it too. Maybe she was even shorter. Maybe she was like five ten and just had really tall heels. I I, I don't know how dress huh. math works. It's all very complicated.
0: <laughs> Dress math. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Man,
1: Yeah. It's a. Uh, no, that's interesting.
0: Now, did you say you had a wig as well? Yeah, I
1: had a wig. I hated the wig. It was in my face the whole night and I, I ate half that hair. Like, I don't know how women deal with tall hair. I don't know if, I guess they don't have beards that it clings to. So maybe that makes it a little simpler, but that hair was just everywhere. <laughs> First of all, you've never been to New Jersey, apparently, <laughs> but. Second of all, have you never had long hair in your life? When would I ever have long hair, Steve? I'm not some hippie. I'm out here. I am an upstanding Midwestern boy <laughs> with close-cropped hair and good American values.
0: You never through the 90s had long hair? Come on, Breakwell. Do you
1: really think I, I like had a mullet at some point? Like, What hairstyle do you think I had in the past? Walk me down your, your fantasy here.
0: In the 90s, long hair was still in. Now, whether you went full, elegant mullet or not is kind of irrelevant, but guys wore their hair longer back then. It wasn't until, like, you were you were around during the grunge era when long,
1: stringy, and greasy was popular. I was a child. I spent half of the 90s with a bowl cut against my will. I begged my wow. mom, don't give me a bowl cut. Don't give me a bowl cut. Okay, I won't give you a bowl cut. <laughs> She gave me a bowl cut because that's what happens when you live at home and your mom cuts your hair. You are just at her mercy.
0: You didn't literally have her put a bowl over your head and cut around it like a real bowl cut. It's lazier than that.
1: She just went and just shave the bottom half of my hair and the top half does stay long <laughs> i know why you do that to a child i mean it's it's traumatizing it's cruel but she oh did it god. And i had that i don't know i had that for quite a few years I, I think i got rid of it by junior high but man it was those were those were some bad times steve bad times god so what did you how did you wear your hair in high school i, I mean it was just like this right now is the best my hair's ever looked, which is sad. I mean, where it's just long enough on top that I kind of, kind of swoop it to the side and poof it up, which is how I spend 100% of our pre-production meeting. As you sit there fumbling and swearing and whatever you do in your bedroom, I just simply look at my reflection in the camera and try to figure out which oh hand I need God. to raise to poof up my hair to make it not look completely flat. But before this, it was just kind of buzzed down shorter. And my mom did it for years, and then Lola did it when we got married, and it was not super great-looking hair, but It was very simple, and that's all I wanted.
0: (laughs) I can't believe you've never had long hair. I thought every guy went through a long hair phase unless he was, like, I don't know, going selling Bibles door to door or something, but even them, come on.
1: Well, you had like... But
0: I, I did have a long red wig okay. when I wore my wedding dress, but I've had long hair too, like roll your hair up in the car window kind of long hair. So
1: I, I I guess I wasn't as taken quite off guard by it as you. Yeah, it was it was unpleasant. I don't know why anyone would ever have long hair by choice, but that's okay. It was a, it was a learning experience for me. And I learned it's very hard being a woman for an hour or so. If only... And then again, if I... I had mastered tying a ponytail, all the challenge, challenges of being a woman would have been gone, and I would have been the best woman ever. So maybe I was just one skill short of perfection. Wait, you had you had a man bun at one point since I've known no. you, what you? you. Who do you think you're talking to? Oh. How many other podcasts are you doing? <laughs> I have never had a man bun. I would die before all I had right, a man bun.
0: Uh, Alright, well, good. Thank goodness for that. We have these discussions.
1: We know each other better than anybody else in the world. We talk to each other more (laughs) than we talk to our spouses. You're sitting here telling me you think I had a man bun. Have you ever looked at me, Steve? Hey, I do know my wife has never had a man (laughs) bun, so there is that. Well, okay, then. Maybe I know her better than you. Get us out of here. I can't take any more of this.
0: I gotta go. I got things to do that don't involve Breakwell annoying me. So until we meet again, we're going to walk it out of here. This is Steve, looks far better in a dress than James Breakwell Olivas, signing off for James. I look worse in a dress than Olivas and still can't figure out how to have long hair until we meet again. So anyway, uh, hey, everybody, Two wrong. I'm hey, still stymied that you've never had long hair. Two wrongs can make a right.